Our message today is entitled, Name Above All Names. I want to begin on Luke 2.21. I know many of us know the nativity story, these things, and sometimes because we know them so well, so well we kind of miss over some key parts that uh, God wanted us to know about. So I want to begin in Luke 2, verse 21. It says, And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, speaking of Jesus, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, like I said, we all know the nativity story. It's part of our celebrations. It's been part of movies and Christmas cards and decorations. It's what we bring to mind each Christmas. However, one often overlooked fact is that the Christ child was not given his earthly name until eight days after his birth. It was at his circumcision where he was first called Jesus. But it was much more than just another name. It was a name given by God through the angel even before he was conceived in the womb. It is this name, Jesus which back then and still today is revered around the world. It is a name of perfect love, of perfect peace, of perfect power. It was with great significance that this naming ceremony took place both in the earthly realm and in the heavenly realms. A shift of power manifested when this naming ceremony took place. A responsibility was redeemed. And a breakthrough was realized for all future generations. All because of a name? Well, let's take a look back. On the first day of creation, as you know, God did more than create by speaking darkness to bring forth light. He also instituted the first naming ceremony. We see this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Verse 4, And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Verse 5, God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. See, after His creation, God named the light day. This was the first mention of the principle of naming something. Day means to be hot with a reference to the present and the future as each day will dawn and the sun will rise upon the earth and bring warmth to the land. And as God proceeded with His creation, He decided to pass on this responsibility of naming to man. Genesis 2.19, we move forward. It says, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. The torch was passed. Adam was given the great responsibility of naming whatever God brought to him. The naming process is often overlooked as something that God has passed down to us. It is something that we still see today. God presents something to us and invites us to name it. And based on our perspective, which is limited, 
based on our outlook, which is often skewed, based on our faith or our lack thereof, we name what God presents to us. We all are different. Some may name it a difficulty, an unfortunate happening, or even a curse, but others name it a good challenge, an opportunity, or even a blessing. Each and every day and each and every circumstance that comes before us, we are given the responsibility to name it. And how we name what we experience shapes our perspective, our reaction, our approach to life, and ultimately the degree to how much we will choose to depend on God. Let's continue. Genesis 2, verse 20. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Verse 22, Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Now, the stakes are raised as Adam gives a name to another person. He gave a name based on the what and the where it came from. In other words, he gave a name based on the present and the past. And with other naming opportunities, for the most part, people would name others by drawing from the present or the past. Genesis 4.25, you may recall this. Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son named Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. Cain, the name Cain means compensation. Eve gave a name based on the present as well as the past. Time and time again, naming would show the focus and limitation on mankind to give precedence to the present and the easily observable while dwelling on the past. Only God can see all of time's continuum at once with his perfect perspective and plan. On the contrary, with mankind's limited perspective, we have continually proved that people walk much more by sight and not by faith, especially when faced with great challenges, where it has looked like all hope is lost, where it has looked like the world is crumbling all around us, and where we are literally stuck in our tracks. Now remember the Israelites who struggled to see their freedom. They even remarked this when they were, where they thought they were at a dead end. Exodus 16 verse 3. It says, And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meats and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You see, when they followed Moses out of Egypt, and they came to the Red Sea and they came to the desert. Instead of calling upon their God, they looked at their past and their present and they saw it was hopeless. They decided to name this challenge as hopeless instead of saying, name it, I'm going to trust God. Because of the sinful nature and blindness to the revelation of God, we often dwell on the unchangeable past and are paralyzed and prevented from laying hold of the hope of the promise 
of our future. We see this pattern again and again in the Bible where God brings His people to the end of themselves, to the point where things all around them look grim, where they seemingly have nowhere to turn. Much like today. There is a lot of grim news out there. And if you don't have your focus upon Jesus, it's easy to think that things are never going to get any better and we have nowhere to turn and we have all despair. And yet God gives us the responsibility of naming the opportunities that we have to trust Him. For He is our only hope. He is our only answer. But we have to keep our eyes upon Jesus. Even though God's ultimate plan in these events is to allow His people to call out to Him as their only choice, people back then and people today continue to be blinded to God as their only answer. We are so tempted to put our hope in a man or in a movement or in the politics or in the government. And yet God is saying, I brought you to the end of yourself to turn to me, for I am your only hope. To God, it's very clear. The contrast could not be clearer. And God is calling to get our attention, to turn our eyes upon Jesus. So much of what we name our experiences and our situations are based on our limited perspective, our human sight, our awareness of the past and the present and our blindness to the faith that God seeks to reveal to us if we would only trust Him. God has always been faithful to His people. Amen? God will always be faithful to His people. Amen? Throughout Old Testament examples, most names were given to note what had already happened or a current description. And at times, God intervened to change someone's name, like he did Abram. Genesis 17, verse 5. It says, No longer shall you be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. You see, through God calling him a new name, Abraham would hold the promise in his name. Because now Abraham meant a father of multitude. But at that point he had no children. God gave him a name, not on what was in the past or what was could be seen in the present, but it was for the future by trusting God. Where things seem to be impossible, but when we trust God, then Abraham held the promise in his name. Without the intervention of God, man struggled to realize hope, looking only to current circumstances, as many do today. I'm telling you that this perspective of naming what is presented to us is so important for the times that we are living in today. While we are tempted to be held bondage to our past and to our present, God wants us to focus on Him and His heavenly perspective. It's one we cannot see with our eyes. We are called to walk by faith and not by sight. While people of old focused on the past and the present, God continued to point them to the future and to the Savior through the use of His prophets. And when the stiff-necked Israelites failed to listen to the prophets, when the people persecuted and killed the very prophets that God sent, then God became silent 
instituting a 400-year famine of the spoken word of a prophet. But then, in the fullness of time, something changed. We're bringing it to Matthew 121. With that perspective, let's look at this now. Matthew 121, the angel is speaking. Says, and she will, speaking of Mary, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. Did you catch it? Through an angelic messenger, God gave the name Jesus, a name that would look to the future. He will save the people from their sins. Matthew 1, 22 and 23. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord to the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Jesus, the name of promise. In the Old Testament, they were in search of the promised land. But they struggled to realize it fully because of their inability to see by faith into the hope and the future that God had promised there too. Focused on all the people in the land and the rough terrain and all the things they didn't have. And God said, you've got to trust me by faith. I don't know where you are in your life and what you're hoping for. Maybe you're at the place of impossibility. And there's no way to turn but to God. God is the God of impossibility if we can choose to trust Him by faith, especially when it looks like there's no other way possible. We have to trust God. He is our only hope. Jesus is the name of promise. Now we have received the promise by receiving Jesus. There is no more searching for a distant promised land. No need to strive or fight for the promise. The Gospel of Luke puts even greater emphasis on the future. Luke one thirty one, with that same perspective in mind. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And in his kingdom, there will be no end. God, through his name, is pointing us to the future. And the enemy wants us to focus on the here and now. So that we can be afraid and be in bondage. And God says, look past your current circumstances. Look to me and trust me. I will give you a future. Jesus' name focused on the future, the hope, the blessed assurance, our eternal salvation. His name given by God would redeem the purpose of naming. We know that sacrifices were redeemed by blood, by a law that God instituted. And while our life was redeemed by the blood of Jesus, did you know that this was not the first time that Jesus' blood was shed? Luke 2.21 And when eight days were completed, 
for the circumcision of the child, speaking of Jesus, his name was called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. You see, when Jesus' blood was shed at circumcision, his name was given. It was a redeemed name which would open our eyes that we could see the promise in the future. Now we could truly walk by faith and not by sight. His name would point us to eternal life as long as we kept our eyes upon Jesus. It would be His name that people would call upon. Romans 10.13 tells us that for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is promise in His name. There is power in His name. There is forgiveness in His name. No matter what you have done, it says, whoever calls upon My name. It doesn't say who is ever good enough. It's whoever calls upon My name. You see, if you've lived a life and you've messed up and you've blown it and you've sinned and you've rejected God and you've done a hundred other things, God says it doesn't matter because my grace still reaches out to you. And my grace says, whoever calls upon my name will be saved. This is the message of Christmas. This is the message of Jesus who gives us a future and a hope out of love. It would be His name that people would stand on and pray in. John 16:23. Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in My name, He will give you. That means we have to connect our faith. God will give it to us. We're not going to see it, but if we trust in the name that has been given to us, when names were redeemed, God will bring us to our future. God will bring us hope. God will bring us eternal peace when we put our hope in the name of Jesus. His name is power. His name is promise. And God continues to command us to call upon His name as we look to our future that has been secured for all who believe. When you're hurting and you cry out to God and you don't know what to say, just say the name Jesus. That's the shortest and the most powerful prayer you can do is to call upon His name. He knows what you need even before you ask. But we need to go expecting that God's going to bless us because His Word says so. That God's going to heal us. That God's going to bring us close to His heart. That God's going to take away all the stuff around us that's keeping us from Him. And God's going to cause us to press in to Him. And what about the name that Jesus gave to us? What did Jesus call us? Well, first He called us the light of the world for our purpose and our mission. To be forward-looking. This is the light that we shine. This is the light that's needed right now in this world when everyone is looking to themselves or to someone else to save them or to the government or to some movement. We are the light of the world because Jesus shines through us. He called us to be the light of the world. We are to be the light pointing people to Jesus. Period. The name of hope. The name of forgiveness. The name of peace. The name of true power.
power. The name of love. Jesus. But He also called us another name. Jesus called us His bride for our heavenly consummation. You see, Jesus will return for us as our heavenly bridegroom. Even now, He has called us to make ourselves ready for His return. We do this by waiting on Him, by waiting for Him, by being about our Father's business, and by spreading the Gospel, by forgiving others, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us to unite the entire family of God. Those who call upon the name of Jesus and put their trust solely in Him. We do this by loving God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and strength. And loving others as ourselves. These are the words of Jesus. This is how the church, or the bride of Christ, prepares herself for Jesus' return. We all have faced a very challenging year. And our external circumstances will continue to challenge us at every turn. But we have hope through the One who has called us to Himself. Jesus, who came with the name that pointed to our rescue, that pointed to our redemption and to our future. This name is still calling out loudly for all to hear. Jesus, there is power and promise in His name. Listen, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you've rejected Him in the past. Or maybe you have not followed Him as closely as you think you should have. It doesn't matter if you've put more faith and more attention in this past year on the leaders of this world than on our Heavenly King. If you feel God touching your heart right now, He's speaking to you, but the good news is you are hearing Him. Because much the world is deaf to His call today. Much the world is blind to to not see Him today. But God is moving, I guarantee. And if God is touching your heart right now, He's saying, don't let shame hold you back. Don't let guilt hold you back. Don't let doubt or unbelief hold you back anymore. If you can hear God's voice, He wants to make something new in your life. He wants to redeem you. He wants to get you to focus on the future. And our future as children of God is with Christ eternally. Amen? What matters now is that you realize He's speaking to you right now, wherever you are. Whether in church, whether in your living room, listening, God is speaking to all of us. He's calling us to repent. What's that mean? It means we're going to turn from following the world or trying to secure our own uh, fix and turn to God, completely trust Him. He wants us to come to Him. He's calling you to a place to place your future in His hands. When you give your heart to Jesus through His love and grace, He freely forgives your past. Amen? I don't know about you, but I had a rough past. I was always trying to do something to earn earn good or earn something. I was I was not a good person. But when I found out that Jesus loved me in spite of my fault, flaws, in spite of my sins, 
that He loved me, He wanted to forgive me, it opened a whole new world to me. No matter where you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you get bogged down in your mind, God wants to forgive you. He knows that stuff is there. We're not hiding anything from God. But when we turn to God and say, God, I want to be more like you, then God forgives us of our sins. And as we repent and come towards Him, then He makes us day by day become more like Him. Now, it's a long process. But as we trust God for our daily bread, He miraculously, by His Spirit living in us, makes us become more like Him. We will never be perfect this side of heaven. But we can worship and trust the One who is perfect. And that is Jesus. Jesus redeems your life from the pit. He sets you on a course then to be used as light in this world. That is the good news of Jesus. Yes, the world is dark, but He's sending us as His light to be ambassadors of the world for Him. He's calling us all to be light in the world for Him. Let us remember the importance of names, how He calls us, and how we are to name what He presents to us. Listen, there's a new year beckoning to us even now. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm so glad that 2020 is done. I'm so looking forward to 2021. But unless you catch this revelation, unless you catch this message, you will call 2021 the same thing that we have all called 2020. God is bringing a new year to us. He is presenting it before us. We all have a choice. How will you name it? Will you dwell on the past and look at our current state of moral decay? The destructive nature of politics and people? The crumbling economy ravaged by a pandemic? With this perspective, it would be easy to name 2021 as despair. Or, will you remember your redemption, our hope, His promise, and assign a different name? A year of hope. The year that my loved one is coming to the Lord. A year of breakthrough. A year of getting closer to the Lord than I ever have been before. A year of letting go of that guilt. Letting go of that shame. A year of pressing on to the promise of God. A year of new beginnings. A year of shining God's light into our community. Remember, the purpose and the power of a name. And keep it in the forefront of your mind and your heart. The power of His name. When we call upon God in prayer, we fully believe that God is going to hear our prayer. Philippians 2, verses 9-11 through 11. Therefore, God also has highly exalted Him, Jesus, and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God 
the Father. Let this be our solemn prayer that everyone we know will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does it mean that He's Lord? It means He's Lord over everything. He's Lord over our finances. He's Lord over our relationships. He's Lord over our health. He's Lord over our well-being to the glory of God our Father. Let us all be led by the love of God to share this message as we name 2021 a year of growing closer to God and seeing His people come together in hope and love. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word, for the truth that is in Your Word. We thank You for the promise that is in Your name and in Your Son. God, I pray that we would each get a greater revelation of the power that is in Your name, of Your great name. As we reflect on Your truth during this next song, may You draw each of our hearts closer to You.